Welcome to Chevron's Locked, a Stargate podcast. I'm Chelsea. I'm Jess. And I'm Melanie. This episode we are talking about Enigma, which is season one, episode 16. It was written by Catherine Powers, directed by William Garrity. Uh, we recognize both of those names. William Garrity, this is his second episode after Broken Divide, but he ends up directing quite a few. Uh, we actually have quite a few recurring characters in this episode. We have Tobin Bell as Omak, who turns up another couple times. Uh, Garwin Sanford as Nareem. We have Tom McBeath as Mayborn. And Gerard Plunkett comes back as Counselor Tuplo. And we get Tracy Westerholm as Sergeant Westerholm again. So I feel like that's the most we've ever had of like people we recognize or will recognize. Mm-hmm. As usual, spoiler warning and content warning. If you don't know what we're about yet, then I don't know. It might be on you at this point. Can I? Well, can I also add? Did you say? Did you say that Liara came back too from the Nox? All right, Leah, 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 We right. also had Leah back, but I don't. I didn't pull her. I don't know the actress's name. But you're right. Laya also was back in this episode. Lots of old faces. Uh, Melanie, synopsis. Synopsis. SG-1 rescues a group of technologically advanced humans, the Tolans, whom they find near death at a volcanically unstable planet. Uh, The Tolans don't want to share their knowledge with the more primitive Earth humans, and because of this, the NID and Colonel Harry Mayborn plan to take them away for study. SG-1 tries to stop the NID by having the reluctant Tolans use their technology to escape. Hmm. I don't know. I think the NID would have gotten involved whether the Tolans wanted to help or not. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, other than that, pretty much covers what happens in this episode. I feel like, weirdly, not a lot actually happens in this episode. Like, it's just like, here are these people. We're gonna get them home for some reason. Like, it's just like... There, it's not a particularly plot and action heavy episode. It was a fill, no, it was a filler episode. It was uh-huh. something that we had to put together to make the quota of twenty two episodes. <laughs> yeah, I really like it, oh, uh, but yeah. I agree. Like, not much happens, but I enjoy it. It's uh, fine. It's fun. Like, I thought I it was like, fun. I feel like I walk away. I have a coworker, and his standard, um, like, review of everything was it's fine. Like. It's just, it's fine. It's serviceable. As an episode, it's it's fine. All right. Well, we'll we'll dive into it and 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 see what we what we really think. Sometimes sometimes I feel like we get into it and then we're like, oh, this was terrible, or oh, it's better than I thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so this this episode opens on like dust and dust and ash, and there's like lava and volcanoes and happening as we pan over to the stargate and our team comes out and we get i think a pretty classic interaction where where daniel's like what is this i don't know it's ash (laughs) again tilk is there to give us the data that we need and it just but i i mean i understand his question because then they kind of go on to say that it didn't look like this when we sent the map through, which two questions. Yeah. How long ago did you send the map through? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and shouldn't you check what's on the monitor again before yes. you then send nah. people through? Yeah. No. I had the exact same questions written <laughs> down. I was like, the fuck? That's poor planning. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> well, because you, when you open the Stargate, you can check its feet again. Right. I don't understand why when you're like, okay, we're dialing in. We're about to send you. Let's maybe check. 
again, let's just pull up that feed from the map and mm-hmm. see what it's looking like. Maybe there are a bunch of Jaffa suddenly around the Stargate. Like, <laughs> well, maybe like the, the convenience of picking and choosing when they do send a map ahead of them and when they don't, like... In Torment of Tantalus, it's like, oh, thank God we brought the mouth with all this wire on it. Like, <laughs> and then it's like, sometimes it's like, oh, I really wish we had the, the mouth to make sure this wasn't a fucking volcano over here. But well, the map was right there. You could see it. And, <laughs> at, least, at least they could easily dial out. Whereas, you know, in yeah. the Torment Which is, of Tantalus, they were like stuck. Speaking yeah. of dialing out, when they get there, Jack is like, all right, Daniel, dial it up. Daniel literally says, no argument here. And yep. then he gets to the DHD and he goes, wait a minute. And it's just like, fucking Daniel, classic. No argument here. Except, wait, wait, I, wait. No, it's a good it's a good reason to say wait, but still. Yeah, I was like, really? You're going to give him no, shit? I'm not giving, no, 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 no. It's not giving shit. It's just like such a perfect encapsulation of Daniel. It's just like, no argument, except... <laughs> I think my favorite part of that whole scene, though, was when they were all, like, checking the bodies. And, like, some of them were just like, there's a dead one here. Yes. <laughs> like, the way they Sam, were just, like, yelling it out. I was like, Sam going, fuck? this one's had it. It's yeah. just like, Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> Sam. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, wow, God. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good. Also, Christopher Judge's acting in this was noticeable. <laughs> In both a good and not good way. Like, I was like, is he upset? Is he moved to emotion? Is he allergic to ash? I I don't know what's happening to his face. Very it's a really odd, it's an odd scene. Yes. And so, so then we get this great moment. I like it when Sam gets a little bit sassy. A, sassy, yeah. Carter. How long before we're toast? Well, I don't know, sir. I'm not a volcanologist. It could be days. It could be minutes. Okay, so this happened and my brain immediately flashed to Bones from Star Trek, who's like, damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yep, okay, yep, that's where my brain is. <laughs> See, my brain heard that and said, I love that it does not matter the situation. When Jack needs... Answers, assurance, what do you need? <laughs> Who does he turn to? Sam. That's the first thing I thought. I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, doesn't matter that she's not a volcanologist. He wants to know what happened. <laughs> yeah, so then we get Sam looking at some various bodies, and we see one guy, like, look at her in slow motion, like, glamour shot. Yeah. <laughs> and then the guy she's looking at grabs her wrist and tells her not to help them. Mm-hmm. which is an odd thing for a dying man to say yeah. but also i would think like maybe give you some concern of like maybe he's doing that for your safety mm-hmm. maybe he's saying don't help us for your safety anyway because they literally fucking ignore that that dying yep. wish and are like oh, no the gate, no let's go no 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 they didn't oh oh they did sg1 day <laughs> i was, like, I was confused <laughs> Even the writers no. just forgot oh. that whole part. No, no, no. And no. I was like, no, no, wait, that didn't happen. No, no, no. no. But they... I'm on the same page now, I got you. Because then we just get the titles. Yeah. And then it comes back to a bunch of people carrying the toll in, in their, like, white outfits through the gate and stretchers and stuff. I call them the David Bowie outfits. The David Bowie outfits? <laughs> it just reminded nice. me of David Bowie like for some reason. It's like kind of sparkly, jumpsuit, a little David Bowie-ish. 
Yeah, the outfits were kind of ridiculous, but I like I like they grew on me over the course of the episode. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, so they they clearly did not listen and decided to help them. That's what they do. SG1 helps people. They don't just like, you know. Mm-hmm. And they also generally don't listen to aliens. Well, so, and they're also the Air Force and they just meddle in everybody else's business, so <laughs> It's good. Yeah, so they they do choose to help them, and then we get a briefing where it's revealed that there were 10 people that they evacuated, Mm -hmm. and sometimes I felt like there were more people than that in the background. Yes, I wrote that down, too. (laughs) Like, they they forgot how many people they actually saved, even though they wrote it in the fucking script. Okay. I mean, they were just like, we forgot. Just just go stand over there in this white suit. It's fine. (laughs) A collection of Tolans. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so they talk about the fact that they have this advanced tech. They had stuff on them that they took off. And and even though it's giving off a signal, they can't find, like, any chips in it or anything that makes it recognizable as tech. But it clearly is. Mm-hmm. Jack is wearing a turtleneck. It's a very important observation. It's not a turtleneck. I... It's like okay, a, sh- it's, it's like a, it's a mock sleeve shirt. It's a mock turtleneck. Yes. Yes. It's okay. a mock turtleneck. It okay. comes, like, mid-throat. Not even mid-throat. Like, maybe quarter-throat. It's, like, really hot. <laughs> it's great. I'm, I've made gifts of that, Jess, by the way, just in I know. case you want. Oh, no, okay. no. All right, all right. I'm just, just in case you needed more time with it. I don't know. I'm just They're saved. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, so they're in a briefing room, and, oh, Daniel says that, well, here's what I thought was interesting about this. So, Hammond says that, uh, like, Hammond seems to be almost confused, like, whoa, 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 like, all the cultures that we've met up until this point have been, like, derivatives of, like, our own cultures, and they've been, mm-hmm. like, not as advanced or as advanced as us, so, like, how could they possibly, how could this culture possibly be ahead of us? And Daniel, but- Daniel's answer to that is, we would be just like them if it wasn't for the fucking Dark Ages, where science was seen as witchcraft and, you know, books were burned, so... Which um, is something people say with some frequency that, like, we it stunted our scientific growth. But that was just Europe. Like, other countries were still advancing during mm-hmm. the Dark Ages. Like, the, um, especially, like, the Arab community. Um, Islam was, like, crazy advancing a lot during the Dark Ages. And so I'm not sure how true that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not an anthropologist. I haven't specifically studied that. I mean, I know that it didn't help. Like, the Dark Ages certainly stunted some of our... Like, Western growth. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah. I I don't know if overall, as a planet, if the Dark Ages hadn't happened, if we would have... Well, I I wrote down, like, it's not like... Like, we're not in the Dark Ages right now, and yet how hard do we fight on, like, climate science and (laughs) fucking vaccines? So, like, it's not like we can 100% blame... The Dark Ages on scientific stunting. Right. Yeah. Well, and the sad reality is that at least on this planet, tech tends to advance the most during times of war. Right. Which gets brought up this episode. Yep. A bit. I I mean, I think it's an interesting question. Uh, And it was a, I thought it was a pretty interesting question for Hammond to ask in Mm -hmm. terms of, because that is true. And, and one of the reasons that our planet is more advanced than other planets is because we overthrow the Goa'uld so long ago in our history. Right. And so it's a valid point. Like, what is the Tolan, like, where did they come from? Were they ever Goa'uld? 
slaves. Like, mm-hmm. I, I would be... In, and I don't think we ever actually get that level of backstory on the Tolan. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, they said that they know of the gold, but they just choose not to interact with them. Right. Yeah. So yep. I would assume that the gold never... I can't say it that way. The gold never went to their planet and, like, tried to colonize them or anything like that. Right, so who took them from Earth to there? If Because if they're human. Right. Right. Maybe yeah. they just existed. It's a good. I, it's a good it, question. <laughs> it's a good question, and it's like a good opportunity for like Papa Hammond to like flex a little bit. Like this episode, and like Korai, and but yeah, these two like recently have been really good like Papa Hammond episodes where he gets to like show off those like general chops and be like, "There's a reason I'm in charge of the SGC. I'm uh-huh. asking the questions that need to be asked. I'm standing up when I need to stand up. Like this is another good Papa Hammond flex." He was it also is. very proud of his kids for bringing back ten people mm-hmm. from this planet. Yeah. He was super proud, and it made me really, really happy. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, like, how quickly they clearly assembled to get these people back. Because there was, like, a whole room full of people helping them grab them and medics. And so it was just, like, the SGC didn't really even seem to ask questions. It's like, these people are dead and dying. We're going to bring some back. And they mobilized pretty quickly to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. It's a pre- it starts out as a pretty good look for our team, this episode does. Mm-hmm. I mean, our team looks good all throughout it, but the planet so has its ups and downs. not look good at all. Uh, so then Sergeant Westerholm comes in and is like, yay, she's back. She's, we saw her in Hathor. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, the messenger this episode, which, like, every single scene starts with, like, Sergeant Westerholm giving somebody a piece of information. You're needed here. You need to do such and such. She's moving the plot forward, Chelsea. She mm-hmm. is. She's, someone she's is. very, she's very uh, important. She is. So she comes and says that the leader of the refugees wants to talk to all of them. Mm-hmm. So we get to go meet Omak, who mm-hmm. is super pleasant, just. Okay, so nice I just said AKA likeable. Jigsaw the whole time. <laughs> Can I just say, like, hot take? I love Omak. I think he's a great leader. I think he is not the most diplomatic, but neither is Jack. And I think he does everything right in this episode. I don't think he. I know. We're going to get there and I'll defend it. But I think Jess's air metal award goes to Omak. It is, I'm just it gonna... is. It is. Because if you think about this episode from the Tolan's point of view, what they were trying to do, what they are, like, he is protecting his people, and he's seen firsthand, like, the shit that technology can get into trouble with. I just feel like he's a he's a dick, right? Like, he's not the most diplomatic, but I don't think that he's a bad person. I think he's a good leader. He's protecting his people, and he's trying to do the best he can. No, yeah. and I totally agree with you. He, he comes off very rough. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that Jack doesn't come off that rough is because he hides it behind sarcasm and wit. And he's hot. <laughs> and it, honestly, it, it helps. And he's hot. And he's hot. But no. whereas Olmok does not have the sarcastic wit. Right. He's very logical and he's, yeah. Yeah. But no, I totally agree with you. I agree with you too in terms of him being a good leader in general. I do think that some level of communication is in order. Like, he's just like, you shouldn't have helped us. We didn't want your help. Rescue was in trend. Like, instead he just said, like, you're right. He's not diplomatic at all. But I feel like he could have helped his case. Like, if he comes out here being like, 
at all cooperative. He doesn't have to give them any information, but just be like, thanks for rescuing us. We maybe didn't need rescuing, and now we have no way to get back to our planet. He doesn't, like, communicate to them what the situation actually is. And so then, like, but then he keeps accusing them of not trusting them or treating them like friends. And it's like, dude, they don't know anything about you. Of course they don't trust you. And anyway, I actually 100% agree. I think you're right. Like if Jack were in these same circumstances, I do think he would make some effort to be like, I appreciate what you guys have done for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would be equally as like nervous mm-hmm. about the people and and focused on keeping his people safe. So I do think that there are similarities there. And we get to see them like face to face kind of have those. We get to see it. Right. Yeah. And Jack literally brings up the exact same point you did about like in a, a few few scenes later about Jack saying like, oh, well, you didn't give me, uh, you haven't really given us reason to trust you, like mm-hmm. vice versa. So like, it's that same, like, like in Korai, when they're holding the weapons at each other, it's like, well, mm-hmm. someone's got to crack first uh-huh. to trust. Anyways, yeah. so we meet Omak. <laughs> yeah. He calls them primitive. Yes. He says that he's, su- here I have a clip. I find it unbelievable that anyone so primitive could have deciphered the gate system. Did you say primitive? Sam looks so hurt in that scene, by the way. I don't know if y'all noticed or anything, but, like, they kind of, like, zoomed in on her face and, like, it kind of quivered a minute. And I was like, oh, but you're not primitive. <laughs> well, and she takes pretty, like, hard offense to it because she, like, tells Nareem off for, like, Will you stop calling us primitive? Like, <laughs> yeah. Which is fair. Yes. Um, I love that Teal'c comes to their, to their defense. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Um, and he talks about how on Earth life is valued. It, which I thought was, and it was such a great response of, like, they weren't just going to leave humans to, like, people to die mm-hmm. because they value life on this planet, which is sweet. I love Teal. Very teeny tiny detail that I noticed that I liked. Everyone introduced themselves by almost their full name, except Jack. <laughs> he did, yeah. I'm Sam Jack. was Samantha Carter, or, like, Captain Carter, whatever it was. Daniel was like, I'm Daniel Jackson. Teal, I'm Captain, or General Hammond. Jack was like, I'm Jack. Like, yeah. I'm not telling you my rank. I'm not telling you my last name. I'm just Jack. Well, yeah. I, I think beforehand, I think someone had said Colonel O'Neill or something like that. So he just goes, or Jack. Oh, I, I, I don't think I heard that, but I could be wrong. I just remember that Hammond introduced himself as Major General Hammond. And it, <laughs> I was like, I think that's the only time he says that in the whole series. <laughs> Papa Hammond Flex. Yeah. So Omak recognizes Teal'c as a Jaffa. Mm-hmm. And so that leads to... Hammond being like, oh, you know, Jaffa and Goa'uld, we're fighting them. And, you know, we have a common enemy. And he's like, they're not our enemy. <laughs> they don't even, like, we're, like, above all that. Like, the Tolan, like, are, well, and he says we're from, our planet is called Tolan or Tolan. And we know of them, but we don't deign ourselves to interact with them. We're above I'm, such things. I mean, they don't seem like a culture that actually, like, has to fight wars. I mean, until later, obviously, like later on in the series when they had their little yeah, and then they things. suck at it. I know I'm, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna like, preface all of our conversations about future Tolan episodes, but I have very sketchy remembrance of their episodes because they're not my favorite, so I don't really remember them. So I'm gonna leave all the future reference ups like to y'all. Oh, okay. I, I think we'll try to just focus on on this one. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Okay, no, no, you're no, good. no, 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 no. I'm just. Good. Bring up whatever, I mean, that's how we do the show. You're welcome. Yes. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I can't contribute because I yeah. remember very little. 
Those ones aren't as fresh in our heads. That's no. all. No. 100 Days is coming, Jess. You're gonna I'm have, not, No, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Not 100 Days. What's the one? No. Shades of Grey? Shades of Grey comes up. We're... Well, first of yeah, all, it comes that's up, a long it comes two up. seasons. Yeah. It's not too far away. It's that's, wait, excuse me. Next week is Solitudes. That's the only thing on my mind right now. <laughs> Shades that's of Grey. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, so, so Omak is being not helpful at all. And Daniel tries to be all diplomatic. And he's like, oh, well... I want to hear about your culture, and he's trying to be all friendly. And he calls Omak himself is like a culture buff. I do. I'm a bit of a culture buff. Like, That's your profession, you moron. <laughs> he was trying to be diplomatic. Uh-huh. He really was. He was trying to be friendly. The and the rest of the te- the team walks off so pissed. They're they're all very off put. And then there's this moment of like Nareem and Sam having a bit of eye contact. Yeah. That. It, it, and in the moment, it's, that's all it is. It's mm-hmm. just like Nareem rolls over in his bed and sees Sam. And that sounded very different <laughs> than what actually happened. <laughs> Sam was walking away when he turned over in his bed. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I, and when I was watching this the first time, I called him uh, Christopher Plummer. I think he looks like he, he's sort of a Christopher Plummer. I called him hmm. faux Christopher Omar? Plummer. No, no. Nareem. Nareem looks like Christopher Plummer. It does. He kind of looks like a young a Christopher Plummer. A young Christopher Plummer. Okay. He does. A little bit. A little bit. It's an insult to I will. Plummer. It's not. He's faux Christopher Plummer. <laughs> so the first, time I, the first time I watched this, Travis, it was because it was before you guys were watching, so I was ta- talking to Travis about it. Oh, are you saying you have other friends in the fandom oh, that you were God. talking about? That's weird. Anyway... <laughs> So, um, he was asking me my opinion on Nareem, and I was like, I don't really have one yet, I haven't really, like, gotten to know him at all, really. And he goes, do you find him attractive? (laughs) And I was like, I was like, no, not really. And he goes, right, he doesn't have a top lip. And I was like, (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess. I just don't find him attractive really at all. Like, it's not my type. Like, you know, whatever, whatever. And he goes, yeah. I don't know what Sam sees in that guy. I'm like, look, man, I don't know. But, like... So many other questions about Sam's choices in men. (laughs) But he also calls Sam and Jack the Sam and Jack thing. So he's also not on, like, the Sam and Jack hype train either. So it's all kind of... I think he's attractive. He's Everyone's like, entitled to their types. No, I, I, I it's agree. not like super hot. Like he's fine. He's, I think he's attractive, <laughs> and I think he's a tr- overall attractive in terms of I think he's pretty likable. At least when we first meet him here. Okay, as a character, he's likable. I just meant by his like physical. Yeah, appearance. I think he's physically attractive. Okay, I think he played a vampire on a Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> Called Mom's Got a Date with no, a Vampire. No, 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 that's not dude, him. No, no, that's the dude from the nanny. From the nanny. Yes, and he's. I found him super hot. <laughs> he's <Melody>. also. <laughs> he's also in a Stargate episode. As a matter of fact, is he in season eight? <laughs> I could have sworn I know this guy from something else. I'm looking through his IMDb page right now. Garwin Sanford is his name. Yes, if you missed it at the opening. He's been in a lot of a lot of Star um, sci-fi stuff. But I don't recognize him. I mean, that who show ha- has been going for 15 ha- years. Yeah. Yeah. Who hasn't been Supernatural? Supernatural? Every single person yeah. in Canada and other. I don't know. I say, a minute's happening has been in Supernatural. Like, it's yes. just. 
but she's an angel. Literally. Yep. She was literally an angel in Supernatural. Yeah, I know. Okay, I don't know anything about... I don't know this. Okay, whatever. He looked more familiar. I thought I knew him from something else, but I guess I don't. I thought he was the vampire from Mom's Gotta Date with the Vampire. That's the dude from the Nanny. But does he... But they look alike, right? Yeah. I think they they look a little alike. Okay. I'm remembering maybe. I don't know. Sure. This is really off topic. Anyway, back to the show. Our next shot, we've got Sam working on this drone. uh, Yeah. Uh, it's a new flying drone. She's putting on some heat sensors so she can send it back through to Tolan to measure and see if it's acceptable or not for them to be sent back through. And we get Daniel kind of coming in a little hot and whistling, like, yeah. hey. I love it. He came in like a friend, almost like teasing, and it was kind yes. of great. I they love it. They have the best, like, sibling dynamic. Like, I love, that's such a brother-sister dynamic to me. It is. So I pulled that clip because I love it. Do hobby. <laughs> Neat, huh? Miniature UAV with all the bells and whistles. I'm just adding heat sensors so I can send it through the gate to Tolan. Mm. I was just down in the infirmary with one of the Tolan trying to get them to talk to us. They only ask questions, never answer them. As a matter of fact, one of them was asking a lot of questions about you. I thought they weren't interested in us. Oh, I didn't say us. I said you. <laughs> I love the way he says it. I said you. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's very brotherly mm-hmm. well especially with his like whoops later when he like walks in on Nareem and Sam kissing it's like All right, it. I see I see Daniel's gonna be the brother this episode I see also Sam is in a flight suit in this Sam scene. is in a flight suit in most of the episode mm-hmm. and it's a plus content <laughs> uh, just, it needs to be mentioned it's something that we noticed and, and enjoyed uh, so Sa- Sam basically gets pulled away from working on the UAV to go and talk to the gentleman who is asking about her. And I also love how unassuming Sam is when, because he comes in and he says, one of them's asking about you. And she's like, I thought they weren't interested in us. Like, it doesn't even cross her mind that he said you. Mm-hmm. And 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 then he has to, like, really hammer it home. Like, no, 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 not us. <laughs> I feel like it takes Sam a long time in this episode to get the hint that Nareem's interested. But I think as we've discussed before, I don't think those social cues are one of Sam's biggest strong points. That when people are like totally into her because she never picks up on them. Yeah, Sam is bad at social cues, which we again see because when she gets introduced to Nareem, she says that he was a lot dirtier the last time she saw him. Yes. <laughs> it's, flirt- it's flirting 101, Chelsea. Come on. <laughs> I, you guys, I relate to Sam and her social difficulties. Oh, same. A lot. I, so I really appreciate it mm-hmm. about her character mm-hmm. because I probably would have said the same thing mm-hmm. and been as clueless that the dude was into me. So he says he says he doesn't know whether to call her Captain or Doctor, and she says ask him to call her Samantha. Mm-hmm. Not Sam. Samantha. Samantha. Mm-hmm. She kind of, I feel like she offers up Samantha over Sam. Like, didn't she tell Cassie to call her? S- no, Sam. Sam. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, this is like an alien that she's yeah. also supposed to be getting information out of. So yeah. I actually don't think, it, I think it was like, you're not my bud. You're not calling me my nickname. We're yeah. just meeting. Yeah. But she's basically under instructions to talk to him and try and figure stuff out and Hammond is like, why don't you take him up to the surface and show him around? And she's like, what? Mm-hmm. It was 
was especially was very trusting. Uh, yeah, it was really interesting because in the past, like, Teal'c didn't see the surface for months after he mm-hmm. got here. And now it's like, yeah, take take old Tolan boy up to the surface. It'll be fine. Yeah. Well, and doesn't, like, Sam, like, turn to him and, like, you sure? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, uh, all right. Yeah, she's truly baffled about it. Mm-mm. And, but agrees to take him up to the surface. He seems excited about it. Yeah, so Sam and Nareem go to the surface and when they go outside and Sam is all, or Nareem is all wondrous, it actually plays the Knox theme, which you'll hear in the clip I'm going to play, which is Nareem basically, I mean, he's telling her his story, but he's also super hitting on her. Uh-huh. You know, back on Tolan, I thought I was dying. I heard your voice and managed to open my eyes. And uh, when I saw you... Um, what? An old superstition. There was a time before reason and science when my ancestors believed in all manner of nonsense. Like the Shermao. The story goes that if a Shermao appears at the moment of death, she will take you to her dwelling in the stars. Ah, we call them angels. Then you still believe in them? Some of us do. Ours were reported to be quite beautiful. And when I saw you, well, you seemed to fit the description. And then I learned from Dr. Jackson that you're also a brilliant scientist. Wow. I'm afraid I asked quite a few questions. <laughs> like, okay, to Nareem's credit, Nareem's got game. He okay? does. He, has he does game. have game. That's really smooth. That's like a good hit on, but I'm not hitting on you. Uh-huh. Like, it wasn't creepy. It was just like, hey, girl, hey. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. However, Sam is Sam. Right over her head. Just Sam's like, like wow. oh, that's cool. That's call really, them really cool. We call them angels. Um, oh, that bird. We call them eagles. You don't have animals. Oh, okay. I'll bring you. I'll bring you some some examples. Just no, completely missing everything. I mean, like compares her to an angel and talks about how beautiful and brilliant she is, and she's just like, yeah, okay, cool, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, she just doesn't react or respond at all. And I think it's either, like, she has heard it before. Like, because Sam is beautiful. Like, Amanda Tapping is a beautiful person. So, like, maybe she's just used to, like, hearing it. Or, like, she's distrustful or she's, like, immune to it. But also, I think it's a little bit of her just being, like, I got a mission to do. I'm trying to get information from you. I'm (laughs) focused. And this is not my area of expertise. I'm real good at, like, attaching heat sensors to UAVs. But flirting, (laughs) not my jam. And I love that's basically what she was told to do. They're like, oh, this guy has a crush on Sam. Let's have (laughs) Sam get information on (laughs) And it's like, go flirt with him for information. (laughs) They find yeah. out quickly that plan does not work too well yeah. for Sam. No. She, 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 she tries. She tries, she tries she really does. hard. Yeah. And she kind of, well, okay, not really hard. <laughs> but <laughs> but I do think as the episode progresses, she gets better at it. Yeah. So, not much better. I mean, not much better. Schrodinger's cat, which is. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get there. It's a moment, Sam. Something. I love her so much. Yeah, so Nareem clearly doesn't want Omak to know that they're getting friendly at all. And he gets a little skittish and says we should go back in because he sees, like, the guards watching him. And Nareem also tells Sam that Omak is trying to protect 
both yeah. the Tolan and SG-1, or yeah, the SGC. He stands up for Omak when she's like, yeah. he, you know, because he says he's curious and she says, Omak doesn't seem curious. And and it is, I think, a testament to Omak that Nareem does stand up for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we go back to the gate room and they're launching the UAV. So uh, cute. I was going to sit. So there's a great moment after they launch it into the wormhole where Jack gets all excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that we all have the same thing. <laughs> it's adorable. It's just a little tiny moment. It's just a reminder of like, first of all, because Sam was all pumped when she's like working on the cool mini UAV. And then Jack's all pumped when they send it out. Like they are just a couple of nerds that I just, I love it. I love how excited he was. Yes. I'm pretty sure Jack just like all likes all things that fly. So like <laughs> yes. the UAV flies and he thinks it's really cool. And I mean, that's <laughs> totally cool because it is cool. Yeah. Yeah, so then they monitor the temperatures on the planet. They're trying to see if maybe they can send the Tolan back in the near future. And it seems no, because the temperature is like 1,500 degrees or 200 degrees. Mm-hmm. We get some jack snark about how it's like L.A., mm-hmm. which is interesting because L.A. isn't that hot. There's it, like... It sounds to me like somebody who was raised in like Denver... I think and it's then, like hot went for and LA. hung out in LA, and I was like, "Ooh, it's so toasty out here." I mean, he's supposed to be from Minnesota, so there could be. Yeah. Like, I mean, there could be some of that, but um, but I mean, I would compare it to like Texas or Houston Arizona or Dallas or <laughs> Phoenix not, not the- or uh, yeah, Arizona is usually the go-to for like hot. Uh, yes, so it's hot on toll <laughs> on the Tolan planet. Um, and lava is coming towards the gate and will have, like, flowed over and covered the gate in the next yeah. couple days. So, going back there, not an option for these people. Negative ghostwriter. Um, Omak basically says that that's what they were doing anyway. They were supposed to be destroying the gate as they evacuated their planet because... And all of their planet had already left. Yeah. Everyone had left except them. Yeah. Now, now I have a question. Why were they destroying the gate if the lava was going to go and... They didn't know that for sure. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Because when just... Sam said that, she he said, "I guess Mother Nature did for us what we failed to do." Yeah. Ah. Okay. I missed that part. Yeah. So I. I mean, it was really just a precaution. They didn't want people coming to a destroyed planet, which is actually kind of thoughtful. Like, yeah, you're leaving your planet, you're evacuating, and you have the presence of mind to be like, we don't want anyone to accidentally like gate here into death. So. Yeah, good guy Tolan. It was good of them to do that. Mm-hmm. And so then he's basically saying, well, we'll have to take... Oh, they're like, well, if your new planet's in the Stargate network, we'll just send you through to the new planet. And they said it's not on the Stargate network, so you're going to need a ship. And, the, and then wah, wah, Sam and Daniel wah. are like, well, the thing about ships is... <laughs> we <laughs> don't have one it. of those. Yeah, we have Sam phrased it so nicely, like... Um, our space program's relatively new. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yep. Like 30 years old. Yeah. Well, not 30, but you know what I mean. Well, at this time, it's that like time, 40. It's, yeah, 40. Okay, 40. 40. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, so now they need somewhere to send these refugees. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't seem super pumped about staying on our planet. Mm-mm. Uh, which, I mean, I get it. But also, so far, like, so far, we've been pretty nice to them. And, like, Nareem's been up top. It's a nice planet. I mean, also, Colorado Springs is real nice. It's a good foot to put forward for Earth. 
sure, sure. Except that whole thing about like, so we are prisoners. But that's so later. We can't go outside. Okay, but, but they've been told you're confined to these premises. Right, but that's also sensitive. Like when Hammond says that, no, I, it's no, like you totally. can't just have aliens out wandering around. And, and, totally, but you can see why that may put the Tolan on edge. Like, mm, we'd like to get out of here and go to our free planet and not be confined to these spaces. But right, they also and they're can't, But they can't go anywhere. Like they can't right. get to their planet. So I, I, I just you can't go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> well, but they—that's just it. They were offering to like let them stay there. But, but they, they didn't, didn't want, to. want to. So they were, then they're like, well, hey, let's maybe talk to some of the friends we've made. And I love how Jack's like, we've done some good deeds. I feel like we didn't really offer them to stay on Earth permanently. I guess we, Sam was like, you could stay here. And they were like, nah. Yeah. Well, because they like would have like a- been confined to the SGC. But they not, I mean, you're right. It actually isn't very thoroughly discussed, like, what their situation there would be. Right. The reason Teal'c is confined to the SGC is because he has a freaking symbiote in his belly. Like, <laughs> right, right. That's and, a hazard. I, I, I guess the Tolan are, they're, they're human. Yeah. They're actually human. So, yeah. I mean, they could go live on Earth. Cassie did. But again, I don't think they want to. No, we're primitive. So, no, yeah. they don't want to because they're afraid of us. Like, and, we, and I get it. Honestly, I get it. But it's like... I don't it wouldn't know. be a good, it wouldn't be a good life for them here. Right. They'd have to hide all their tech. They couldn't study and do all the science they would want to do. Or if they did, right. it would have to be under the guise of the SGC or the government. And then here we are again using it for nefarious right. purposes. No, I I honestly understand it, but it's also anyway. So the so but again, the SG one and SGC actually puts a pretty good foot forward with these. Like, yeah, yeah. we have the we have the problem later when they escape. But so far, they're, like, being really friendly. They give them back their their equipment. and mm-hmm. But but Omak is pissed. Like He's like, oh, so you did try and test it. And, like, you were poking around trying to figure out what it was. Which he would have done the same which thing. Which is fair because we don't know if it's a weapon or if, you know, it's a, something that could, you know, be harmful. Right. Yeah. So, but know, Omak takes that as, as the SGC being distrustful of the Tolan. Right. right, but then they, but I feel like the Tolan would do the exact same thing. They but do take they? our weapons when we come back. When we go to Tolan, they take all their weapons. Yeah, That's we like, can't have guns or anything. They have like that little thing on the wall, but they that, don't have guns either. Right, but we don't know that. <laughs> right, like we just found them all wrecked on a dying planet. Like it's not, it's not we like we just don't would... know enough about them. Right, right. I, and I think it's interesting that Omak is all offended by the fact that they're like, oh, we wanted to make sure your technology wasn't dangerous to us before we give it back to you. Like, that's, I I think that's pretty reasonable. And they gave it back in a very reasonable time frame. Well, like, the Tolan, too, if you think about it, this particular group of Tolan were suicide, like, they were on a suicide mission. They thought they were going to be dead. Then we don't know what the Tolan's culture is like in terms of, like, maybe that is an offense. Like, we don't know... But they're human, but they're not human. Does that make sense? Right. Like they're human, but they don't mm-hmm. have Earth culture. So there's a lot of, like, miscommunication and, like, offense taken early on. Right. Which is bound to happen when you have sure. your cultures dealing with each other. Yeah. I'm not convinced it was a suicide mission because Omak does say that there was a rescue vehicle en route for them earlier. And Jack is like, well, but some of you were already dead, so that might have been too late. And he basically says that may not be as much of a problem for us as it is for you. Which mm. I think was kind of implying we can bring they can bring people back from the dead, maybe. 
I don't maybe, know what it was Maybe implying. in certain situations. Maybe. maybe. I missed that entire exchange. Oops. Yeah, that was <laughs> earlier when they first I may have been on my phone. My bad. I missed that. Uh, yes. Way to go. Way to be. It's not the most engaging of, of episodes, okay? It's not like I was like, I'm sorry what's it's happen not next? solitude. <laughs> God. Uh, but yeah, so basically, the, Jack has the idea of, hey, we've we've done some nice things for other people in our time exploring the uni- the galaxy. Maybe we can reach out and find another place to put these people. Mm-hmm. So Hammond tasks Teal'c and Jack with looking into that, and Sam and Daniel are tasked with prepping a refugee center, housing center, in their multi- multi-purpose room, which apparently the SGC has. So This has nothing to do with the plot of the episode, but I watched Sam throughout that whole interaction in the background behind Jack, and she goes from like this with her hand on her on her on her chin, and then like her hand moves and like like her arms move, but then like when Hammond tells her to go with Daniel to to relocate them, her eye like, she rolls her eyes, and I'm like I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah, so then we get the whole thing of they return the devices and they're not weapons. Um. And they say, like, we... This is kind of when they say... So there's, Daniel says, you can stay here or we're looking into other places for you to go. And he basically says, do we get a choice? And Daniel says, yes. Self-determination mm-hmm. is very important to us on this planet, yeah. basically. And so he's, ba- he's trying to say, like, you guys get a choice. We want to give you a choice of where you can go. Right. And then they try to reassure them that they're not prisoners, but you're not allowed to leave. Which, again, like, yes, they functionally are prisoners, but also there's a very sensible reason that you can't just have aliens out wandering in a culture that doesn't even know that alien, like, that we're exploring the galaxy. Which, I don't know if they've disclosed that to the Tolan, that the population at large is unaware that there are aliens. I guess, like, for some, I don't know why this episode in particular, but I kept just envisioning SG-1 in the Tolan's place, and that, like, if SG-1 was, like, told, they got on this planet and they were brought in and said, listen, you can't leave this base. Like they would have a fucking meltdown. They wouldn't be like, Oh cool. That makes sense. Like we're aliens and we're invaders here on your planet. You just let us know when we can like leave your base. Like they'd be like, get us the fuck out of here. Like, I, I just think like both sides have a point and we're seeing both sides, but like, yeah. because the Tolan, they're not aggressive. They haven't done anything wrong. Like they're literally just trying to get home and or back to their people i guess so it's just like it's hard for me to like like sg1's not doing anything wrong but they're following their sops but i also understand why the tone are like fuck you guys we're out of here they haven't done anything wrong either i totally agree i mean that's something i actually like about this episode is that there is sense on both sides pretty much until mayborn shows up Mm mm-hmm and because I agree although if it were switched you would have daniel being like hey let's talk to him and you know, work with them. Like, right. Jack would be doing exactly what Omak is doing and being right. like, give so us our prisoners. weapons back. Yeah. yeah. And Daniel would be like, no, nah, let's just, you know, work with them. They're being friendly so far. I think you would get a very similar dynamic, honestly. Yeah. The downside is just that Tolans are kind of like Vulcanites a little bit, like Vulcan-esque, however the term is. Like, they don't really <laughs> seem to have the emotional, like... Yeah, they're yeah. Al- yeah, you're right. They're you're on the more right. logical side of things. Like that's why they fucking have technology to read and capture their emotions. Like, right? It's not their first. Their <laughs> they're first not good at instinct. expressing them. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, but you had it right. 
You had it right. You said Vulcan, and I was correct. Way to go in your Star Trek knowledge. Thank you. It's very limited, but it's good. And you used it correctly. I'm very (laughs) proud. (laughs) So then Sam goes to talk to Nareem, and she has Schrodinger. Nareem can't figure out the sheets, which I thought was kind of adorable. Yes. I thought that was adorable, too. And so Sam introduces Nareem to Schrodinger, and it's delightful. His name's Schrodinger. Uh, it's kind of a joke, really. His name, that is. Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> oh. Right. Well, see, there was an Earth physicist by the name of Erwin Schrodinger. He had this theoretical experiment. Put a cat in a box, add a can of poison gas activated by the decay of a radioactive atom, and close the box. Sounds like a cruel man. Oh, no, no. It was just a theory. He never really did it. But he said that if he did do it, at any one instant, the cat would be both dead and alive at the same time. Ah, uh, equilibrium physics. An atom state is indeterminate until measured by an outside observer. We call it quantum physics. You know the theory. Yeah, I've studied it. And among other misconceptions of elementary science. <laughs> Misconception? You're telling me that you guys have licked quantum physics? <laughs> so much. Just your face. <laughs> So much. That's so much to unpack. Okay, let's start from the top. Here we go. Such an awkward bean. She's like, it's Schrodinger, like Schrodinger's cat to a fucking alien. She laughs at her own joke. (laughs) I don't even know who Schrodinger is, and I'm from this planet. (laughs) Okay. And then she explains it like it makes perfect sense, which I guess to like the Tolans it does. But like, I'm like, ah. Mm-hmm. That's actually a very good explanation of the Schrodinger's cat. Oh, I think it's a good explanation, like, of the experiment. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't understand the science behind it. Like, I understand, like, what it is. We're not going to get into it. That's a different podcast. <laughs> no. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, it's made. I just really enjoy that Sam, like, has science puns, like, in her everyday life that she thinks they're fucking hilarious because she laughs at her own joke. Like, I think she's just really adorable, and she just loses herself and geeks out. Yeah. Well, and she doesn't consider her audience at all. She's like, it's Schrodinger's cat. Like, mm-hmm. I think she was maybe at ease because he was, like, he was technologically advanced and smart, yeah. so she, like, assumed, I, I don't know, but it makes me laugh because she's so awkward. <laughs> From, like, a sci-fi perspective, it's really cool that, like, science develops, like, humans and intelligent life have the same questions and we're still going to like get at the same concepts and we're still going to explore the same areas. We may not call it the same thing, but Mm -hmm. we we question the same phenomena. And I just thought it was really cool. That was like, Oh, y'all call it quantum. Well, we call it equilibrium. And like, I just, I thought it was cool. Right. Well, in any society that's advancing to a certain point, we'll be examining the decay of atoms. Like that's, uh, that's something that humanity will explore. When given the, when they have the opportunity to grow scientifically that way. Right. I'm also going to take, before we, before we move on, we talked about this a little bit briefly. I am taking umbrage at the use of, y- so y'all, you, not y'all, I'm not, you licked. She's not from, I know she's not from Texas. You licked quantum physics. Yeah. I have literally, <laughs> okay. No, I've literally never heard it used that way. I was gonna, like, I would have just said, like, you, like, kicked its ass. I'd never say you licked it. 
Oh, it's it's just another word for. I mean, you've you've conquered. You've beaten it. Yeah. You've conquered quantum physics. You've beaten quantum physics. You've figured out quantum physics. It feels out of place for Sam to say that. Okay, but huh. the writer is Catherine Powers, so well, we Catherine don't know Powers, what the whole I need her character to... is going on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it just. I mean, maybe it's like a regional thing, and we just don't say it here, or like maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I've never heard it before, and I like. I wrote down licked a lot of question marks. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand. Context you us. I get it. And then I texted y'all like, wait, guys, I don't, I don't know what this is. So, um, I take more issue with the fact of even saying like that you licked quantum physics, as if I, I, I do agree that it's kind of a weird way to talk about. Oh, you understand it completely, right. or. Him acting like, oh, we don't even think that's a thing anymore. Like, there are different ways of looking at quantum physics, but it's not like you can just be like, oh, yeah, we learned about that and now we don't even. It's a weird, it's a little bit of a weird interaction. I agree. Like, I just feel like I've been like, oh, you like unlocked, you unlocked the secrets or like you understand like the full, like, Add a couple words in there, for God's sake. Like, and cut out some belonging looks later. But please don't say, don't make Sam say licked physics. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> uh, anyway, their adorable little moment is busted up by Omak, who is yes. a human wet blanket. <laughs> he looks like a super stalker, too. Like, he, <laughs> he just kind of he, he like rolled over there and was like, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? <laughs> He's like the awkward extra in the back. He just like wanders <laughs> into the scene and then it ends. Do you think in the script you said, I like an awkward extra? <laughs> just kind of peek your head around. So then we go to the briefing room where Jack and Teal'c say they have a meeting with Tuplo in the morning to come meet the Tolan, which is nice. Tuplo, if you may recall, is our crop top fantastic friend from the yes. Land of Light. Yes. And then, but this gets interrupted by the fact that the refugees have escaped. Yes. And we go chasing after them with dogs. Yeah, and that guns. was not. That, I wrote, I wrote like dogs, guys. Come on. Like, it's not Why like, were they like man them? hunting. <laughs> yeah, where did the dogs come from? It's a tough look for the SGC and Earth in that moment. Yeah. We proved some points. <laughs> Can I also note one of the weirdest things? Maybe strange things I noticed about this scene was the way that Daniel was running. (laughs) This is such a weird... He was kind of like hunched over and like doing this motion and his hair was like flopping and bouncing. But then because it was like in shadow, it was looking real weird and it was i was in like hysterics on the couch like i could not stop laughing i thought he just looked so unnatural running with his hair and the whole thing it just i'm saying go back and watch that scene again just please note how daniel is running i must have been on my phone (laughs) (laughs) no no for real i didn't see it i I was too focused on the dogs yeah so yet we basically confirm to the tolan that they are functionally prisoners yeah and then when we go look, the surveillance tape is all wonky and we can't see how they got out. Yeah. And then we get the... So I was annoyed by Omak being difficult with us. Tupelo. 
No, well, oh. so I had been with SG One, and but then he was so rude to Tuplo, who's like yeah. this guy who doesn't know anything about you, and he's Just coming here kind. offering to let you come live on their planet, telling you how nice it is, and all the you can live off the bounty of our land, and we would be honored to have you live with us. It's like yeah. so sweet, and especially considering like the current current climate of things in the world, I was like, dude. Mm-hmm. You're a refugee. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it sucks, but these this guy's offering you a pretty sweet deal. Mm-hmm. And he was so rude. Yeah. That wasn't a good look. And I get it. Like, like it's like you talked about, if, if you were suddenly displaced from our homes here, you wouldn't suddenly want to go live in a, in a culture in that's way... Yeah. Or, or, or like in you know, in a forest without electricity or something like California. (laughs) (laughs) Like I get it. I get that. That is not ideal, but Mm -hmm. it also is like a safe planet that has fruit and whatever you need to survive Mm -hmm. and kind people. Yeah. I guess also like you want to think like, okay, well like what are two cultures drive? So, like, mm-hmm. yes, you're being nice, but, like, what if we get there and, like, it's just too different? Like, there's no way that agricultural and, like, technological society can, like, unite on a planet. And I also kind of wonder, too, if, like, Tolan, Tolan, Ulmak thought that, like, there were more options on the table. Like, he didn't want to take the first option given. Like, right. we're going to see what else is out there before we bite on anything. Yeah, like I said, I get his reticence, and I I also then with the, with the future notion, but yeah, he doesn't have to be a dick about it. He can yeah. just be like, "Oh, we want to explore other options," or like, "What a kind offer, you yeah. lovely man!" Like, yeah, he has no yeah. tact, no. and he just really likes that primitive he word. Tact. He does. <laughs> he really does. Hammond's face, though, at the end of that whole exchange, he Shook. is pissed. Yeah. He's so pissed. Yeah, <laughs> which I don't blame him. Like. They're calling in a favor. Yeah. Yeah. To open that Stargate to get that guy here. Yep. I think everybody was pissed, though. Because even Sam and Jack were kind of like, what the fuck, man? Like, Like, what do you want from us? Also, they looked really hot. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So Sam asks Noreen why Omak is a dick. Mm hmm. And we get the Tolan tragic backstory. I pulled the clip. I don't think we need to. It's not. It's not necessary to listen to. Basically, they shared some of their technology with a neighboring planet, and they used it to destroy their planet in a day, which is yeah. impressive. I don't even think we would do that. <laughs> it would take us at least three days. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, not only that, but then they knocked it off. They knocked yep. the Tolan planet off their mm-hmm. axis, which is the reason the volcanoes exploded. Yeah. So the planet that they helped was called Sarita, which I thought was kind of interesting. But yeah, so, and then, like, with that context, it does make more sense of, like, of course, you don't want to be with a culture that isn't as technologically advanced as you because you're terrified what they're going to do with it. Right. Of course. And so then Sam asks Nareem, like, okay, well, why were you guys, why'd you guys escape? And he's like, we were legit just looking at the stars because we wanted to figure out where we are in space and how far we are from our new planet and... It's pretty dejected. Like there, it's not going to happen. We can't get to the to the new planet. Uh, And then we get some more flirty flirt. I would gladly stay, if only to spend more time with a certain inhabitant of this planet. (laughs) 
I speak, of course, of Schrödinger. Nareem's get game. I love it. That's cute. That's <laughs> really cute. adorable. It's uh, it's great because it's like so earnest and sweet of yes. like because he's talking about giving up his world. Like, granted, his world did just blow up. He doesn't. Yeah. But he's giving up his whole culture. He's talking about giving up his whole culture to stay to be with Sam. And then he's like, just because it's a moment and they barely know each other. And you can tell Sam's a little uncomfortable. So then he like makes a joke to lighten the Mm -hmm. moment. And it's really sweet. Yeah, I agree. He's charming. Yes. Like I said, I remember this episode. This is not an episode I rewatch at all. But uh, (laughs) I remember Nareem a little differently just based on like what happens later in the series. But his first episode is very good and very charming and very sweet. And like, even though Sam's not aware that he's flirting for the first half of this episode, once she becomes aware and is like more participatory, it's adorable. What's what's jingling? What are you jingling? Sorry, it's Pig and his avocado toy. Oh, I'm trying okay, to get no, him, that's fine. I just, I'm trying to get him to go play away from the mic, and he just he plays fetch with the avocado, and he thinks it's time to play. It's a whole thing. I'm so sorry. It's fine. No, it's fairly noticeable. I just was curious. So I agree. It's they're pretty adorable in this episode. So and at this point in my notes, I just wrote everyone has a point. Like mm-hmm. SGC failed Omax test. They didn't respond well to them leaving. And mm-hmm. but then Jack is like, you guys aren't exactly acting super trustworthy, which is also a good point. They uh-huh. aren't acting like, hey, let's be friends and we're mm-hmm. gonna not be a threat to you at all. So basically, Jack says that all of them should get to decide for themselves what they want to do. And Sam appeals to Nareem and talks about how this is a free country and we take in thousands of refugees every year. That <laughs> didn't age so well. Ooh. Um, yeah, weirdly, weirdly topical episode, this one, at this yeah, moment. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Us yeah. use technology for war? <laughs> <laughs> Us only wanting refugees if they can offer us something? <laughs> We're so sorry. This is why the aliens haven't come for us. There's a Calvin and Hobbes comic where he's like, in the woods and there's litter on the ground and he says, I think the surest sign that there's intelligent life out there is that they haven't contacted us. (laughs) Yeah, that's depressingly true. Yep. So Hammond uh, wants to talk to SG-1 at this point and we go find that Harriman has cleaned up the surveillance tape. My dad's biggest pet peeve, he's like an engineer computer guy and anytime a tv show uses the phrase we cleaned up the footage he will literally pause the tv and turn to all of us and explain why that's like literally not possible you can't create pixels there out of something that wasn't there that's not how this works that's not no that's not you don't just make buttons and have things magically appear it drives my dad crazy and i thought about him this entire season. yeah we we all have our things although to be fair i don't think they technically say that they cleaned it up and they had talked about how like the file was corrupted so there's a chance that it could have and i i don't know Harriman does say what he did but there's sometimes things where like you get a corrupted file and you can go and find another version of it or fill it in or get it to restore. That's very different because your dad is, of, I would never question someone in their field anyway, but obviously he's right. You can't just like <laughs> invent pixels. I mean, you can, but they won't be the ones that were there no, originally. No. 
So I don't know. I did. I didn't pay that close of attention to what Harriman was saying, but uh, they got it back. They got the video back, and we see the Tolan go through the wall, and and Daniel's like, "Well, that's not possible." <laughs> well, and again, well, apparently it is because it yeah. happened. Well, and again, like Jack in the background just being like, "Whoa, like that's cool." Yeah, like he's just so in all this episode. I know that's not really Jack heavy up, no. but when he's on, it's he's not. like. It's adorable. He's got some good moments. And then we get our introduction to someone that I very lovingly uh. call Colonel Crapbag. <laughs> so, hello, Colonel Crapbag. This is not what you want beyond that of the gold. That's exactly what the President and Joint Chiefs want to hear. Colonel Mayburn, sir, NID. Intelligence? What happened to Kennedy? Promoted. I took his place. Promoted? Talk about failing upwards. Colonel O'Neill, I read about your conflict with Colonel Kennedy in his report. I assure you, such an attitude will not prevail with me in either direction. I sense that. Good. (laughs) (laughs) So I take it you guys don't like Harry? The sexual chemistry is there right from the start. Him and Jack, man, just... Oh, it has to exist. It exists. It has to. Oh, it has to exist. It 100% does. <laughs> Have you found I it? I think I've seen at least a couple of fix tagged with it. By ac- Interesting. By ac- they were trapped on a planet together alone for a while. It's true, they were. So, they Colonel were. Crapbag. I mean, he probably is my favorite villain overall through the course of, like, Earthbound planet, or Earthbound villain. But, like, I feel like he redeems himself. No, he somewhat. doesn't. <laughs> somewhat redeems himself he yeah i i would agree with jess that okay he's some i don't know he's (laughs) he's at least like even from his first introduction i find him more compelling than kennedy i like i'm glad they replaced him yes but he is like i mean i called him colonel crap back for a reason he's a pain i mean i don't think i don't think he's a good person i don't think he has any best interests at heart except for his own I don't think, you know, he's a great dude. You know, he's he's a really shitty person. He is the perfect gray character. He is. He's very gray. He does shitty things, I think, for generally, sometimes selfish reasons. Sometimes, I think, genuinely, like, the Shades of Grey, uh, Shades of Grey, as an example, like, that is him doing something super shitty for what he feels is in the best interest of his country. It's yeah. not good. It's not right. But, like... He's doing it for a reason. I'm yeah. not, I, I don't like Mayborn. I'm just saying he's the perfect great character. Yeah. He, I really I really like his character I, overall. Yeah. This is our first mention of the NID, which is... What does it stand for? I don't know what it stands know? for in this. In real life, it stands for, like, Naval Intelligence Department. But I think it's supposed to be fictional. Oh, okay. I did. Oh, it doesn't have anything. Oh, you did Google. Well, it? I don't know what it stands for. National on... Intelligence Department. Yeah, national. So it's a fiction. It's it, fictional. But it's on the. Is it on the wiki? Yeah. Okay. The National Intelligence okay. Department, also known as the National Institute of Defense, and commonly abbreviated to the NID, is a civilian branch of the U.S. government, which often comes into conflict with Stargate Command. Yeah, and it's it's fictional, but it's, it's based a civilian... off of. But it's yeah. There's. It's a civilian branch, but it's run by. Okay. Well, it's like, you know how, I think there's just more oversight. That's the whole point of the NID. Like, when Kinsey comes onto the scene, that's the whole point. Is like, now we've got, like, senators and shit. 
I fucking hate him. We're getting I can't there. wait to get to him. So I can't annoyed. wait to get to him. There's a lot of, on the SG-1 wiki, there's tons of stuff here. Like, NID there is, origins yeah. are classified, but likely happened sometime after the Roswell crash of 47. The purpose is to provide civilian oversight of top secret military operations. It's interesting. Yeah. So basically, Colonel Crapbag Mayborn uh, then says that the Tolans are to be released to the NID. I pulled kind of the whole scene because you really get a sense for Mayborn and the team, and we get Hammond being awesome. Flex. Yeah. So that so that's what we're gonna. That's an order releasing the Tolans to our section. You're to be congratulated, General. The Stargate program is finally paying off. This was quite a coup. Excuse me? These are people we're talking about. These people do have rights, you know. Do they? Under what nation's jurisdiction? How about basic human rights? I can't release them to you. I beg your pardon? I don't believe the president meant to release these people until they have been through quarantine. We don't have any idea what kinds of diseases they might be carrying. You're out of your league here, gentlemen. We're playing in my ballpark now, and I have the full authority of the president. So do I, Colonel. Why don't you ask the airman outside to show you to our guest quarters? That's okay. I'll wait. That wasn't an invitation. It was an order, Colonel. Yeah! (laughs) Get it, Papa Hammond. Get it! Uh, he it. so rarely pulls rank. It's so nice when he does. Yeah. So I really enjoy the fact that Jack and Daniel both immediately jump to their defense about how they're human and how they have rights yeah. and basic human rights, which also brings up the thing that Teal'c said when they first met Omok about how we value human life, uh, human mm-hmm. life, which was very I thought it was a good, well-rounded circle. That I don't know if they, I'm, I'm sure they meant to do that, but it was also like very like slyly yeah. placed. Yeah. I don't think it, it gets said like right before that clip starts, but Mayborn also says like the Stargate program is finally paying off. And it just made mm-hmm. me like think like, huh, I feel like it's not until like later seasons where we start seeing like when Naquita starts making its way onto the scene a little more and we're like making bombs and generators and shit out of it. But it is true. It's like up until this point, like what is it uh, exactly that we've collected other than knowledge about? We've gone on adventures, but what have we actually like brought back? But I mean, we don't really do. Do we really have like a mission? Yeah, like like a quote unquote mission yet. Like I know I I know we're supposed to go and chart out new worlds and find yes. out new. We're trying to track down Apophis and where he it, is. Right. It gets brought up in Torment of Tantalus. And broke a divide. And broke a divide. And broke a divide when they're like, oh, you guys don't have any useful thing useful. We're going to leave. Yeah. Basically. But wasn't it Kennedy and Tantalus that was like, oh, finally. Oh, no, no. It was the Knox episode when Tilk was like, oh, hey, I know about that planet who like can go invisible. So. Yeah. So like we do have a plan, but like we've yet to really bring anything back except for, I guess, the Torment of Tantalus Book of Life, which we don't get until season three payoff fifth race is two two season yes fifth race is two and fifth race is two and we brought back some diseases 
So that's we did cool. bring back some diseases <laughs> that turned us into prime primates or not primates, Neanderthals. Yeah. Neanderthals. So you know, I, I, I see <clears throat> Mateborn's point about the Stargate program. We're going on a lot of adventures and not really like paying back the U.S. government with their yeah. But of I mean, dollars. to be fair, though, they're going to a lot of primitive planets, so there hasn't really been anything to bring back, mm-hmm. except for when the the Nox and we just weren't ready. We're at the young. Well, we fuck we fucked that up. Yeah, like, that did. was just that was that was all us. Like. Yeah, so I love that the general just like in an instant is like, well, I can't release them to you because they're quarantined. So, <laughs> general, also, you tricky mix. <laughs> I'm annoyed that they made Jack ask general. Didn't they just get a clean bill of health? <laughs> it's like, yes, Jack. Yes, that's the that's the game plan. Like where <laughs> it's like you guys have 24 hours. Yeah, we're we're pandering to the people who I don't know. pay attention. Just I hate that shit though. We're still there. It we're is my biggest there. pet peeve to make characters say dumb shit to like get plot points across. It's like, yeah, no. Well, especially because all you had to do is have Hammond say, "All right, I just bought us twenty four more hours." hours. Yes, yeah. that's you could just cut those two lines and it would have. Oh, oh, that shit drives me insane. If that had come across my floor, it would have been edited the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, so then Sam tells Nareem what's going on. I assume mm-hmm. that that was part of the plan. Was like they are being quite forthcoming with the yeah. Tolan once again. Basically, prove the Tolan more than a little bit right. Uh huh. But it wasn't the SGC. It was our world. Yeah. Which I mean, I guess it doesn't make it any better. Yeah, but that's like but what, I mean, that's like what Sam tries to explain to Nareem, and he's like not having it. Yeah, like, this is exactly what I said. And so it's like, it's not us. It's another part of our government. You can't yeah. talk. Nuh-uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. Well, it, because it's like, it still means it would have been quite impossible for the Tolan to live here peacefully. Yeah. So we get this moment with Sam and Nareem. They're all as primitive or more primitive than you are. Sarita could happen on any. I wish you would stop calling us primitive. I'm sorry. I only meant technologically. You are anything but primitive, Samantha your mind doesn't know your heart fills in I don't know what that means exactly but it's beautiful which is exactly what it means he has such game like I know we've said it multiple times this episode but like Jesus it's a good line it's it's a good line it kind of reminds me of McKay. I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> when he compliments Sam about like treating science like an art. Uh-huh. And like the way that Sam like uses her like gut instinct and like soul and like treats science like the whole thing, it kinda yeah. reminded me of like McKay. Yeah, except like McKay's a dick and sucks yes. at interacting and this is how you <laughs> actually put that across yeah. without sounding like a condescending asshole. Yeah. I was saying, which to be fair, Nareem kinda sounded like a condescending asshole, like which I think like is inevitable given like the disparity in like intelligence. Like Sam's super, super fucking smart, but you can't make up for the fact that like the Tolan are eight hundred plus years ahead of us or whatever it is technologically. So like that kind of like I'm sorry. You're at you. You're not like the other girls. Like you're anything but primitive, and like like you can't help it. So he doesn't mean it, and he kind of recovers well. But like, there's that glimpse of like condescension. Yeah. It starts starts out of condescending. I would make a distinction between, and I I don't know. Everyone talks about these things differently between like intelligence and knowledge. Like 
I think there's a good argument that Sam is as intelligent as any of the Tolan. She just doesn't have the same access to knowledge and technology that they have. And right. the same way, like, in the same way that just because someone grows up in a culture where they don't learn calculus doesn't mean they're not as smart as someone who, like, learned calculus. Right. And I think that's sort of that Nareem recognizes that specifically about Sam. And because she is brilliant and she shows a lot of curiosity about learning and trying to improve herself. But you're right. I mean, there is condescension here. But yeah, so Sam wants them to pick another planet. and But I mean, they're right. Still, like, they have all the, they have the same problem with any other planet they go to that they have with ours, which is that they're going to be more technologically advanced and those people may want something from them or make bad use of the technology they have. So then we go back to Mayborn being a dick. And they're and Jack is like, they're never going to cooperate. Like, they're not going to just give you the information you want. And Mayburn's like, well, we'll make them cooperate. Oh, it's so gross. It's the worst. They're, yeah. This is, this is a bad first showing for Mayborn. Or I guess a great first showing to get across the fact that he's our new villain. Yes. And then it turns out that the president is on Mayborn's side. Yeah. And we get this great moment where Daniel gets really upset. <laughs> and he's like, I voted for him. Yes. <laughs> this is great. Uh, yeah, so we get this knowledge that basically Mayborn wins, essentially. We've lost mm-hmm. our first battle against Mayborn, and now it's up to Team SG-1 to kind of plot mysteriously behind Mayborn's back. Yeah. Which is great, because it happens all the time yeah. to Mayborn. Yeah. yeah. So SG-1 invites Hammond to the surface so that they can plot their... I love that they involve yeah. Hammond. <laughs> I know. And they're basically... And- Hammond's like, well, we'll all be court-martialed for this. And and Jack is, first of all, like, yeah, well, maybe don't care about that. Which is a valid point because it's like, do you really want to be part of a organization that stands for this? Yeah. But then they're also like, and Daniel and Teal'c, conveniently, cannot be court-martialed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is not the last time this we use this fact. No. But I... So there's a great fic... I don't like... It doesn't matter. There's a great fic. Uh, it's Chrysalis Unbound by Shereem28, uh, I think is her handle. I don't know. Shaz, I'm sorry. I don't remember your actual handle. Anyways, there's a great fic called Chrysalis Unbound where Dr. It's an AU and it's Sam as Dr. Carter and she helps out. I can't remember what the episode was that it's an AU of, but she basically uses the same excuse that I'm civilian and I can't be court-martialed and then they try her for treason in the fic. But I think that actually has some general legs. Like, I know later in the episode, Jack is like, oh, good luck finding a civilian law to cover this. But I feel like there are laws where it's like, you went against military orders in a, like, even though you're a civilian, you're working like a military capacity. I feel like if they really wanted to, they absolutely could have pressed charges against Daniel. Well, and Mabor says at the end of the episode that we're going to kick you out of the program. And then there's never any repercussions. no. So, I mean, presumably the president comes to his senses somewhat and decides he doesn't want to intervene on it, I guess. It, I agree. Like, just because they can't be court-martialed doesn't mean there are no consequences for them. Right, right. It does <laughs> on this show. But it's inter- But it's an interesting line, though, because, like, what... I mean, in what context can you bring that up in? Like, oh, we were in this top-secret government facility and... They didn't listen to me about this Stargate thing that we have in there, and no, but you could do like a jury of your peers would be then not would be civilians working in the SGC or civilians with clearance, 
like you would still like be able to uphold if you wanted to i'm just saying yeah i think it's more just a function of they don't want to make a thing of it anyway because they're talking about taking a bunch first of all like because it's right like we're talking about aliens on earth and they'd want to limit exposure and so jack's not wrong that they're gonna have a hard time trying to do anything outside of the military but mayborn does present the very real option for consequences of you're never going to be in the program and they just don't revisit it yeah uh so they go back to tell omak their what plans they might have and he's very understandably suspicious about it Mm -hmm. um so he basically offers to help and he wants to send them somewhere but they he's like i we have this place we can send you we don't have the tech to get you there but we hope maybe you do. And uh, so basically he reveals that there was this planet that we went to and they were maybe even more advanced than you guys. And he goes, they called, they said we were young, which is maybe a more polite way of saying that we're primitive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I appreciate because it's true. The Nox functionally did call us primitive. They just said yes. young, which was a yeah. nicer way to say it. Yes. Uh, yeah, so... He basically says that he they need their technology to contact the Nox because we can't go through their gate anymore. And so Omak takes Daniel to the surface and he has the he gives him the coordinates of the Nox planet and he uses his little one of his little gadgets. There's like four doodads on their arms and he uses mm-hmm. one to send a message off into the stars. And Daniel asks the very valid question of like, isn't that going to take years to get Mm -hmm. there? And I appreciate that Omak kind of like makes an attempt. Like I feel like now that Omak understands that the SG one is on, like SG one is on their side. And so he like picks up this branch and he says like, okay, the distance from one end of the branch and the other end of the branch is very far until you do this. And he like, Brings the two ends together. Uh-huh. And Daniel has a look on his face like, oh, oh, I got this one. Like, I studied this in physics in college. Uh, it's like Einstein uh, and his theories that you can, like, fold space. And Omak just, like, is holding this branch. And he just, like, looks at him. And he's just like, no. But, like, <laughs> and it's hilarious. It made me laugh out loud. And it's hilarious. But it's also, like, such an... Like, he's holding a branch. It's, like, an olive branch. Like, there's kind of this, like, symbolism here of, like, like it's not an olive branch. It's, like, a metaphorical olive branch. But, like, Omak is saying, like, I tried to explain. You're just not there. But I tried. Like, (laughs) I tried. You tried. There was an attempt here. Uh, Yeah. Well, and then I love that Daniel's recovery is, like, well, hopefully the Nox understands. (laughs) (laughs) They get the message off. And... Then they go back to the control room where Sam is furiously typing away on the very 1970s, 80s looking computer. I love the control room and how old school it is. And Nareem just comes waltzing through the wall. And and I love that Sam's reaction is like, how did you do that? Instead of being like, the hell, man? Or like, hey, she's like, how did I want to know? Like, explain that to me. Uh, she's such a scientist. Mm-hmm. And so then Nareem has come to say goodbye. Uh, I have the clip. It's not, I think, I don't think we it's, need to play it. It's it's pretty like a, it's like a physical. Yeah. Like, so he basically yeah. says he wants to say goodbye and 
And he tells her, you know, how sad he is to be leaving her behind. And, of course, she's Sam, so she blows off. She's like, ah, you'll forget me so fast. And he's like, I thought you might think that. Which I love, like, it shows that he's a bit, like, he has been paying enough attention to know how easily she tries to brush these things off. Mm -hmm. And he's like, so I have this thing it takes the little thing off his arm he's like on our planet we have these you he's like you have video and audio recorders we have emotion recorders and i've been wearing it anytime i'm with you he gives her the thing and she pushes the button and can we just give a shout out to amanda tapping's silent face acting in this moment <laughs> yes because like the, the reactions that go across her face are lovely and telling and also she's so beautiful she just has a beautiful face. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she does. And her hair looks great this episode. It does. And so it's really, it's a really sweet moment. And you see, like, her kind of go through a run of, like, laugh, like smiling and sort of laughing to herself. And then, like, the more serious feelings that she's feeling. And then she, like, turns it off and opens her eyes and looks at him. And is like, I don't know what to say. And so I did pull this clip. I don't know what to say. We have a custom. That expresses more than words. And then they kiss. And it was super soft. It is. It was so soft. It's a nice kiss. And it was Mm -hmm. like perfect. Okay, Mm -hmm. but you guys, I can't ever hear the phrase more than words without thinking about that song. More than words by Extreme. Yes, I know that word. I know that word. I know that song. I got nothing. So here's the thing about the song More Than Words. It's a song that is frequently used as like a sweet love song. Yes. And in my adult life, somewhat recently in the last couple years, I was listening to it again. And I was paying attention to the lyrics. And it's like super good example of like manipulative douchebag when you listen to the lyrics. Because it's mm-hmm. like, because when you think about it, the like, so and in this moment, Nareem is being like, we can express more than words with a kiss. And in the context of the song, it's sort of saying the same thing, but it's really just a dude pressuring his girlfriend and having sex with him because if she really loved him, she would show him with more than words. Because I was thought that song was more like, I want to show you I love you with more than words, but it's mm-hmm. not. The lyrics are like, show me you love me with more than words. Don't just tell me. <laughs> oh. Yes. Listen, listen to it again. It is like kind of gross and it's sad because it's actually kind of a nice sounding love song but it does yeah i don't know this song you i do. mean also, i have you it. Do know Here, it you do know you know it i do know yeah, it. i'm sure you, you do must. oh oh yeah all right all right all right yeah yeah more than words. <laughs> saying i love you <laughs> guys we gotta go karaoke <laughs> Anyway, so when he said that, I like I still just kind of giggled to myself because of and it's one of those things where I feel like I'm the only person who's noticed this about that song, Um, which I could be being overly sensitive. But no, I legit I want you guys to like listen to that song carefully and listen to the lyrics. (laughs) It's homework. Yes, we have homework. Listen to it on the way to Galveston. Okay. Um, And then. And then Sam's reaction. So they have it. And it is. It's a good, really sweet, tender, soft kiss. And then and then Sam's gives us this. We have a custom, too. 
She sounds so flustered. <laughs> she is flustered. Yes. She's a precious, awkward little bean. But you know what? She goes right back in she for does. round two. She, does. Like, she right went back in, in for round two there. with no hesitation. That whole exchange, I was just really nervous that Nareen was going to try and kiss her while her eyes were closed. And I was just like, please, please don't, please don't. I couldn't remember if he did or not. Oh, oh, and you thought that he like kissed her I thought while without she her was, consent. Like, yeah. Yes, while she was like feeling the emotions oh. and had her eyes closed. I was like, I can't remember oh. if he kisses her while she's having this moment. And then I was like so relieved when that was not the case. So that was yeah. like good writing move. Yeah. Not only that, but he like really lets her meet him halfway in the kiss. Yeah. Which I appreciated. It sort of felt like a hitch moment. Go 90, let her come 10. <laughs> That's a great movie. I don't know that. I don't know. Oh, yeah, you don't watch rom-coms. It's so All good. Right. It's, dude, Sorry. it's Will Smith and Kevin James and, um, not Eva Longoria. What's her name? Eva Mendes. Eva Mendes. God damn it. <sighs> Anyways, it's really good. It's a great movie. It's hilarious. I believe Anyway, I just to continue a point we've harped on, Nareem has game. And his kissing yes. game is pretty on point, too. Yeah. It's a good kiss. It is. It's a really nice kiss. And then, and then we get <laughs> Daniel around the corner. Whoops. <laughs> I want to make that like my text Whoops. notification. Whoops. I love it so much. <laughs> Whoops. Okay, because have you guys ever been that person? No. Really? No. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Mm-hmm. I've been... I have been that. He's person. like hustling down the corridor too. Like he's like running. It's like running. Da, 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 da. Like, oh, I don't think I've ever walked down anybody like making out or like having sex. I haven't like, either. Oh my I've gosh, I I related to him so hard in this moment in college. <laughs> in college, my roommate was dating this guy, but it was like pretty casual, and he hadn't kissed her yet, and she was really frustrated by this, and I was very aware of this, and I had, like, <laughs> arms full of groceries, and I open my apartment, and I walk in, and he's, like, leaning over over her on the couch, like, oh, about no. to kiss her, <laughs> and I was, like, <laughs> I just walked in, and again, I went to BYU, this is a Mormon college, I didn't really used to swear, I walk in with my groceries, I see what's happening, I was like, damn it, <laughs> <laughs> And then I was My like, but I'm like arms filled with groceries and I just wanted to like back out and leave. But I, so I just like went into the kitchen and dropped out my groceries and ran upstairs. <laughs> and my roommate's face when I walked in and, he, and the guy like backs off and she was just like, she's going to kill you. <laughs> and so later I was like, I'm so sorry for interrupting us. Like, how long had you guys been kissing? She's like, oh no, that was just it. Just about to happen. I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so when Daniel walks in, he's like, whoops. Feel you, Daniel. Been there. Oof. Rough. Um, so yes, yeah, so Daniel interrupts a very tender moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, like... I am glad it was Daniel yes, that interrupted me too. rather than anybody else. Although I think it would have been kind of funny if it was Teal. It would have been funny I if it was Teal. I think that would have also made me laugh. I'm just glad it wasn't Jack. Yeah, Damn. or Hammond. Although maybe if it was Jack, I'd have some... More fodder for, like, Jealous Jack. Or, like, yeah. mm, this doesn't feel good. Maybe I have more feelings than I thought I did. <laughs> but he doesn't know yet, Just We're He's not attracted to her. We are yeah. there. Yeah. Next episode of okay. Solitudes. Yeah. So, um, Sam tells him to take Schrodinger with him. Yeah. I'm more upset at how easily she ate up her cat. Just because, like, I'm trying to think of if I, like, if I could ever give up mine. And I'm just like, listen... 
no, those are my children. But, but maybe it wasn't her cat. Maybe it was like the SGC cat. No. And she was like, no. I have this cat. I'm I sure it's her cat. It's her cat. And my headcanon is that she's off planet for long sure. times in a stretch. And she already feels like that poor cat doesn't get enough attention. And so she That's thinks fair. she's doing the best for the cat overall. That's fair. Well, for not having a lot of attention, that cat is a very good cat. It's a really sweet cat. It's a well-trained cat. I was yes. like, my cat would never just chill. <laughs> I uh, also, I really want, to, like, in my head, I wish that scene kept going. So then Nareem leaves and Sam goes and sits next to Daniel. I want to, I want Daniel to give her some shit for what oh, he yeah. just walked in wink, on. wink, nudge, nudge. I, I want that, like, ten seconds of just Daniel being like, so, <laughs> just get, like, can carrying on the kind of brotherly mm-hmm. vibe that he's ha- been having but lately. there's no time for that. The knocks are arriving. Mm-hmm. They're tolling are in the gate room. Teal'c and Daniel Teal'c are there. Teal'c and Daniel are there. Mayborn, mm-hmm. Hammond. Yelling. And <laughs> Sam and Jack Sam. are up in the control room. Mm-hmm. And it's chaos. And basically, uh, Lyo walks out and... Uh, extends the offer to the tolling. Yep. And I love the exchange where Mayborn's yelling. He's like, you're going to be cart marshal for this. And Daniel's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Hand over <laughs> the intuition. And then we get the snarky Jack of saying like, can't court marshal him and good luck finding something to do to him in civilian mm-hmm. court. And then we get, we get the Lia moment, which it was so fun to see her again. Yeah. And I love like, Daniel's face and everyone's face, like SG1 is all just so happy to see her. Mm-hmm. And um, we get Laya basically being like, oh, your people have learned nothing. And it kind of but made me laugh. you have. Yeah, which was, I appreciate that she at least acknowledged like, hey, you guys, who you met us, you learned, you're making progress. But it also made me laugh of like, your people have learned nothing. I was like, it's been like three months. We're talking about humanity. <laughs> like, yeah. we don't, we don't progress that fast. Come on no. now. No. But I do appreciate that she gave SG1 the credit that they deserved for mm-hmm. trying to be good people and good galactic neighbors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and then Mayborn's threatening that he's going to hunt down the Tolan wherever they go. And it's like, empty threats, How? Mayborn. How, come sir? on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> How, yeah. sir? Well, and also, like, it, like, Mayborn immediately turning to all the airmen who were in the gate room and being like, maybe I can't order Daniel and Teal'c down, but I can sure as hell order these people to, like, raise their weapons against the Tolan. Like, that made me a little on edge. Yeah. But then but then wouldn't you think that Hammond would have immediately just like jumped in and, and been over, like, Ash, put yeah. your president, guns down? The president ordered but, them brought in. Yeah. So he could get court martialed, I think, even just for that. Yeah. I just But then we get Omak being slightly less dickish to mm-hmm. the team and he basically tells Daniel again, like the same thing that Laya was saying of like you guys are not so bad. Yeah. And then we get Nareem looking longingly at Sam. Yeah. And still doesn't have the motion recorder on his arm in this scene. <laughs> Just this is important to Chelsea. What Chelsea wrote a fake about it. He did. Oh, yeah, that's right. I just Sorry. like the idea of Sam having her hands on Tolan Tech this whole time. It becomes such an issue of, like, we want to investigate Tolan Tech. And Sam has had it this whole time. Can I also just point out that the Knox are like super cool people because 
Lia just basically like she's just basically like makes the gate makes the gate come back. Like all of a sudden, like all the chevrons are locked and it's open and ready to go. She just is and like then, a yeah, hands and above her so, head. And so then, then Mayborn orders the the soldiers to shoot them, and she just makes their guns disappear and makes the that's fine. And makes too. the Tolan disappear, and it's just like yep, bitch, you think you're cool and stuff, but yep. I got you beat, man. Like. Yep. Well, and it also just makes me laugh, the hubris of Mayborn in the first place of being like, we're going to take the Tolan and we're going to keep them in this nice facility in Colorado Springs and, and you know, their lives are going to be fine. I'm like, do you really think they escaped the SGC with, like, not even a problem? You think you can keep them in a, where are you mm-hmm. going to contain these people, you right. dummy? <laughs> and then he's like, we're going to chase you down and we're going to shoot you and it's just. It's very clear that Mayborn has no idea what they're dealing with. No. Yeah, so the Tolan disappear with uh, Laia, and uh, essentially it's episode over. Jack comes, Jack and Sam both come down to the gate room to join Daniel and Tilk on the ramp as they look at the empty Stargate. Uh-huh. And I think Chelsea pulled a clip. Yeah, so I have one clip and then one to be the closing clip, which we're almost there anyway. But I just love the way Sam says this when they're asking, like, so what about Mayborn? He says, she says, oh, he's not a happy camper. <laughs> I just love the way she says that He's line. not a happy camper. <laughs> but yeah, and and so Mayborn's basically pissed off and angry, and I assume Hammond's dealing with him. But uh-huh. SG-1's on the gate ramp, and uh-huh. Jack and Daniel are kind of like reminiscing about, like, Jack goes, God, I love those people. Uh-huh. Like, uh, about the Knox, and they uh, echo the sentiment that the Knox gave us, which is that the young do not listen to do the very always. young do not always do it, what they're told. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like a good, like sci-fi message. Again, we're echoing what the Knox said and what this episode was about as well. And that's that, that there's the up. It is. This is the episode. Ta-da! Yay team. We did it. It only took us All like right. four hours. Yeah. It did. Well, we had a small social break at the beginning. Um, a two-hour social break. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's rate this episode. Rate it. Uh, I'll go first. I, again, like I said, I actually really enjoy this episode. It is one that I have rewatched a couple times. Uh, I think you guys are right that it doesn't have a ton of plot. I just really like when we get to kind of deal with humanity. I like anytime the questions come up of like, well, they're aliens. Do they have human rights? I like Mm -hmm. the introduction of Mayborn as much of a pain in the ass as he is. I think he's a compelling Earth villain. And I love it when Hammond gets to flex and be the general and throw his weight around a bit. And I honestly, I like to see Sam get... I I wish it were a little bit more of outside of the SGC so she's not like kissing in the workplace. But, um... I do like to see her get to have those nice moments and some nice interactions. Uh, I appreciate that they don't take this too far because it wouldn't, I don't think it's a functional relationship, but it is sweet. And yeah, overall, I really like it. I will give it a six out of seven. Whoa. Yeah. It's pretty high. No, I really like this episode. Okay. Mel? So I'll start off with the rating. I'll give it a five out of seven. Chevrons. Um, I like the episode as a whole. I don't, as we discussed earlier, I don't think it brings in any plot really, except that they bring the Tolan in and that they come back later on in the series. 
Um, but I do really like Nareem, at least in this episode, until he becomes a creep. Um, <laughs> uh, we get the introduction to Mayborn, who I do think is probably one of my is probably my favorite quote unquote villain of the show. Um, I guess in the SGC sense, he's the villain. Um, uh, I liked Omok, and I liked how he basically stood for what he believed in the whole time. And was basically trying to protect not only the Tolan, but also us and save us from ourselves. Um, yeah, so I would give it about 5 out of 7. Uh, I'm going to go a smidge lower and I'm giving it a 4 out of 7. Uh, it's fine. Like, it's just like middle of the road fine for me. Like, I'm never, this is never on my rewatch list. Uh, it's not... I, Jack is my favorite. There's not a ton of Jack in this particular episode. Mm-hmm. It's very plot light. To me, it feels like, look at these characters that we're definitely going to bring back later, but we just need you to, like, know about these characters for later. <laughs> and also remember the knocks. Just remember that we're, like, a couple episodes in. We're just recapping the season. So it's all right for me. Like, it, it's just, it's just fine. Like, I don't think it's a bad episode. I don't think it's a great episode. It's fine. So I'm giving it a four out of seven. Okay. That's fair. Fair points, all of them. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Air Medal Awards. Obviously, y'all know I'm going with Omak. Yeah. Controversial choice, perhaps? I don't think it's a controversial choice. I think the points Mm -hmm. we made about Omak stand, like, yeah, he's kind of a dick about how he goes about things, but Mm -hmm. he's trying to do right. So I don't have a problem with giving it to Omak. I completely agree. I, I could argue Y'all for Nareem. Y'all can give it to whoever. No, I, game is on point. Whose game? <laughs> Nareem. Oh, Nareem's flirt game is on point. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, I think overall Omak did, was more on top of, you know, being a good leader and stuff. But when it comes mm-hmm. to wooing the ladies, <laughs> Nareem's got it. <laughs> you can have, like, the flirt air medal. <laughs> Uh, okay, so our next episode is uh, Solitudes, which I am so fucking excited for, y'all. It's going to be a seven-hour episode. I have a lot to say about it, and I'm really excited. Yeah, strap in. Uh, strap in. It's going to be Sam Jack heavy, <laughs> so I hope you're all ready for that. I got notes. I got <laughs> screenshots of presentation. It's going to be on. She has PowerPoints that we're going to include with our, yes. twi- with our watch, tweets. It's going to be like, great. Watch along. Follow. Please click as necessary. Um, if you love this episode and you don't know what the hell we're talking about and it's the best episode ever, that's what I was saying. Oh, okay. if you like this episode, sorry, I just forgot what I was saying. I got distracted thinking about solitudes and how excited I was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, if you love Enigma and, uh, Nareem's your favorite and you think that Sam and, and Nareem should have ended up together and you don't know what the hell we're harping on about. Uh, please drop us a note at chevronslock7 at gmail.com or you can tweet us at chevronslock7. And you can also find me, Jess, on Twitter at Prof Tenant or on Tumblr at Professor Tenant. Uh, you can find me, Melanie, on Twitter at Melanie Martian, M A R S H A N. Or you can find me on Tumblr at My Stupid Dumb Flyboy. And you can find me, Chelsea, on Twitter at Cahils and on Tumblr at Pianosa 2 to the Fighting Eighth. Also, after four hours of talking to you guys, I just have to say... God, I love those people.
what just gross. happened? Sorry, Knox found a roach and he's playing. Oh, <gasps> oh, Excuse me. Ew, 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 ew. That's the worst thing she could have possibly. <laughs> I saw the okay. <laughs> Awesome commercial about Jess fighting over her cat with a roach. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad this is being recorded. (laughs)